Good afternoon, beautiful people. I am um, very, very happy to be back on this podcast. I, tr- I want to apologize to you because I did not come back in a couple of days to do mission or to have the first session of the series, um, what's in your contract or, you know, series covenants and contracts. And then what's in your contract is the title of the session. I'm truly sorry. I had some technicalities this week and, um, but I am back and I'm very, very excited to be here on this podcast to do this first session. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Mission Legal again, just to kind of remind you what Mission Legal is. And then we will jump right into the series Covenants and Contracts and um, the session, you know, session, which is the first session, which is what's in your contract. So Mission Legal, law in a nutshell, uh, God's law, federal law, state law is um, a mission that was given to me, you know, by the Lord, I'd say back in August of 2017. And it seeks to provide essential biblical and legal educational guidance to individuals for everyday living. So what sets this apart from just, you know, I'd say a class on, you know, legal talk is that it really is designed to teach you legal principles that you would use in your everyday life. Um, and I think that's so important. The plan and the purpose for Mission Legal is to reach into all communities, this being one podcast community and platforms. Um, I would also say that, you know, it's designed to educate, to advocate, which is, you know, as you're educated, you'll advocate for not only yourself, but for other people, you know, over the course of time, you'll start learning these principles and you'll start learning these things that you should be applying to your everyday life and then you'll start to really advocate for yourself and then you'll advocate for others. And so, um, so that's one point. The second point is it, you know, it's to advocate for communities to, like I said earlier, to apply everyday biblical and legal principles and truths to your everyday life. So taking those principles and I cannot stress enough and applying those principles, um, to your everyday life. It will truly change your thinking. It'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you, that you operate. It'll change everything. Um, another point as to what it's designed to do is to teach, to further promote an enhanced and an enriched quality of life. So you may say, you know, I already have an enriched quality of life. I don't feel like I really need my life to be further enriched. And that's not true. Actually, you do want your life to be further enriched and enhanced because, you know, you want to continue to grow. You want to continue, you know, to to pro- progress in life. And so when you're doing that, you're, again, educating. It's not just about learning that, and knowledge, but it's also about applying that knowledge, which will teach teach you to, to see life differently, to think things differently. And that will truly your quality of life will change. And I really believe that it will, um, it will further progress. And lastly, you know, Mission Legal is is designed to empower communities in exercising your biblical and legal fundamental rights, respectfully and intellectually. So sure, you know, you have these fundamental rights that you should be able to exercise and express, you know, on a daily basis, or in daily living, but if you're not doing it respectfully, intellectually, it it could also it could also and always have a negative, you know, effect on your life. So it's important that you know as you're learning and you know we're going through and we're talking about different things that you're really taking your rights and you're doing it respectfully and you know intellectually, of course, because it's <laughs> what's you know doing anything without having an intellect, but you want to do it where um, 
people don't feel like you're trying to beat them in the brains with education and intellect and and then it's serving you a purpose but it's not serving them a purpose it's it's important to do it where you are treating people like they're people um so now I'm going to talk to you about a charge and I want to, you know, I want you to know that, you know, Mission Legal is not intended to keep you from retaining legal counsel if you ever need to. It's not intended to, it's not a substitute to law school or Bible college in no way, shape or form. I'm literally taking principles that, you know, God has intended for us to know and to live out and, you know, teaching it to you from an aspect where you can learn it and where you can learn it and apply it. That is what this is about. Um, I I do not want anybody to think that I'm trying to dissuade you from from retaining education, further education, legally or biblically. It's so important. I want to make sure that you know. I'm also not trying to on this on this podcast. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to advise you of anything. I'm just teaching it to you. You can choose to how you're going to take this teaching, and you can either advise yourself on what you want to do, or you can you know seek out legal counsel wherever you are. So please know that that's what this session and these sessions will be about. So now without further ado, I want to, before I even start the session, before we start and we get into our first point, um, I want to let you know that I have a special guest that's going to be joining us as a student on this podcast for the duration of this session. Um, and this person does not know anything, has not learned any of this information prior to this call. Um, and I do give you my word on that. I have kept this information very, very close to heart and very, um, private. Uh, this person is my husband. His name is Patrick Love, and he will be joining us as a student in the class. Um, I call it a class, but he will be joining in as a student and he will be participating with you guys. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited to, you know, have this time to, um, just kind of get down to the nitty gritty. So I would say to you before I um, before I truly begin, I'm going to say a prayer. Um, but while I'm, um, if you guys have a Bible and a dictionary handy, that would be great. So you can follow along because I really do. And actually really need you to have a Bible, whether you do it um, from your iPad or your phone or you have a Bible in front of you, you need one because you're going to have to get your hands wet and you're going to be doing some work. So um, I'll start off with a prayer and then we'll jump right in. Okay, so Lord, I thank you for this session right now. I thank you that this is the first, you know, the beginning of an opportunity, God, that you've given me so long ago and you've given me a chance to learn from you and learn legally as a, as a student in law school. And I'm very, very happy that um, people will be listening and hopefully will be learning what you want them to learn. And through this process, I hope and pray that this... Um, this time will ha- will be a time for people to really hear your word differently and and learn and apply these principles that you have given us to apply so simply. Um, so I hope that today's first session will will be great, and I hope that people will feel the need to um, dive and delve into your word and learn what you've intended for them to learn about you and about you in their lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, so first things first, uh, we're going to talk about covenant, which is very important because without the covenant, we would not, in, in our American legal system, we wouldn't have what's called a contract. So, you know, I would ask you guys a question, and I'll, of course, turn it over to um, Patrick in just a second. But the first question is, what is a covenant? And I'll, I'll turn it over to you before I read what 
what a covenant is, I want to know from you, Patrick, what would you say a covenant is if you had to give it a definition or if you had to give it a few words? Um, how would you define covenant? I would define covenant as an agreement between two individuals or entities, so to speak, and um, uh, whether it be long-lasting or it would be temporary. Um, that's how I would, but uh, that's how I would, would define it. Okay, that's good. That's very, very good. Um, because that's, and that's very true. So covenant is an agreement. And I'll read for you the definition, the, um, and you can go to Merriam-Webster Merriam um, to find this. But it's defined as, a covenant is defined as an agreement between God and his people. It's an oath, a binding agreement, a solemn agreement, or, you know, or a solemn agreement between the members of a church to act together in harmony with the precepts of the gospel. It's a promise. So simply speaking, a covenant is a promise. It's an agreement. It's an oath. It's a binding agreement, a solemn agreement between members of a church to act together in harmony with the precepts of the gospel. And the gospel meaning, you know, of course, the Bible, the word of God. So, which is good, very good. And again, I did not give any of this to Patrick prior. I'm just really, you know, using and asking him so that way he can be another voice, but that's not mine. Um, I'm going to break it down a little bit more. So, so when we say to bind, what does bind mean? What would you say binding is if you wanted to share your thoughts, if you have any thoughts about what is to bind? Um, to me, binding was, is, uh, would probably mean, um, let me see the best way I can say it. Something you cannot get out of. Okay. Binds you together. Okay. Um, There's no wiggle room, okay. so to speak. All right. That's good. Um, right. So to bind is to obligate either legally or morally. It's a commitment. It's to compel. So when you're binding some, if you, I won't say bind someone, <laughs> but if you were to bind something, you would be committing to it or somebody would be committing to it or they would be committing themselves. You would, it's an obligation, um, whether legally or morally, um, solemn, you know, that was also part of the definition. Solemn is a serious or earnest assurance. It's assuring someone that you're going to do something, simply speaking, um, a promise, right? You're assuring them that you're going to keep your promise. It's a solemn, a serious, earnest assurance. It's characterized by serious or dignified formality. So that's something that's solemn. A promise, of course, is a statement that one will or will not do something. It, it creates a basis for expectation. So when you say, I promise I'm going to go um, to the park with your child, you're creating an expectation that you are going to do something. Or if you say, I promise I'm not buying that iPad or I promise I'm not buying that $400 pair of sneakers, you are creating expectation that you will not do something, right? So you have something that's, you know, a, a covenant will bind, a covenant is solemn, a covenant is a promise, 
There's expectation when you speak of promises. And lastly, an agreement. And I just thought that these words were so important. I'm big on words. But an agreement is harmony of opinion or purpose. A mutual understanding or arrangement. So when you're agreeing to something, you are harmonizing. There are, you know, there's a mutual understanding for an arrangement. You know, that mutuality. So keep these words in mind when you start thinking of, promises and when you start thinking about the things that you say and you start thinking about the things that you hear and you start thinking about the, the promises and the, the things that you're reading, words are so very important. So I want you to really keep that in the back of your mind, like file 99. So now we know what a covenant is, right? We know a covenant in just simple terms. It's a promise. It's an agreement. It's an obligation. All right. So I thought it'd be fun to do the etymology of a covenant, you know, to really break the word down. Where does it, where does covenant come from? Where does, where's that, that root word? So I decided to do some research and I saw that, um, and I'm sorry, etymology is the origin of a word and the historical development of its meaning. So that's what the etymology would mean for anything, for any word. Um, so the origin of covenant comes from a Latin word and comes from a Hebrew translation. The Latin word convenir um, means to come together. It means to unite. It means to be suitable. It means to agree. So convenir, Latin, it means to come together, to unite, be suitable, and agree. So when you think covenant, you're, you know, there's unity, there's suitability, there, which goes back to the mutuality, there's agreement. It's coming together. You're covenanting, you're coming together and then um but the hebrew translation which is a little different it's birit and i'm saying rit because i'm <laughs> just, i have a very foreign <laughs> background with the r and the r, but it's b apostrophe r i y t okay beat it it's is a solemn and binding agreement between two or more parties especially for the performance of some action so Hebrew translation of covenant, be it, is a solemn and a binding agreement between two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action, often instituted through a sacrifice. Of course, biblically speaking, you're going to see a lot of that um, as we go through, um, as we go through like the, the covenants in the Bible. So I thought that was very interesting too, because it goes back to the covenant definition that is explained in Merriam-Webster, right? It goes back to that. So like any verbal or written agreement, in order for that agreement to be valid or enforceable, there's always a list, there's typically a list of conditions, guidelines, sacrifices, or elements that will ensue. So a lot to think about, a lot of words, I understand, a lot, you know, to keep in, in your mind, but hopefully it'll make more sense as we go through the actual covenants um, in the Bible. So uh, now I'm down to the part that I really, I need you guys to get your Bibles out um, because of, we're going to go through the elements of a covenant. And like anything in the law, you'll find, and when we start to talk about the federal law and the state law, when we get there, not today, not tomorrow. Um, but when we talk about them, there's always elements. There are elements for you to prove something when you're speaking about the American legal system. Well, there's also elements for covenant, for biblical things, right? But it's kind of, even though there are elements, it's still a little different sometimes from um, the legal system because most of the time there's a lot of uh, 
elements that have to be proven in order for something to be something. So I'm going to give you an example. When we go, when we start speaking of federal law and state law, in order for a contract to be a contract, there are three, three and a half, I'll say three, three and a half, four elements that must be proven in order for a contract to be actually valid and enforceable. Okay, those are, would be a conjunctive type of elements that you would have to meet. Where in the elements of a covenant, um, they're really disjunctive. And disjunctive would mean that it, it lacks connection. It doesn't, you don't have to prove every element in order for something to become something. For a covenant to be a covenant, you don't have, every element doesn't have to really truly be met. And God speaks, <laughs> God speaks and it becomes a covenant because he makes an agreement. He's making a vow. He's making, you know what I'm saying? So that is something to, to look at a little differently. So first element, and there's about three elements to a covenant. You have first, first and foremost, you have the promise. Second, you have the terms. And third, you have ratification. And um, I, with the ratification piece of it, you know, God ratified his covenants in different ways. Sometimes it would be by blood. It would be by blood. It could be by seal. Um, it could just be by him just speaking. You know, he could ratify it. He approved it in different ways. And when you're not speaking of just God, you're speaking of, you know, the people of God, the kings and the prophets, when they would make covenants, there wasn't always a blood sacrifice. It was just the agreement that they made with one another. And that was it. That was a covenant. So if you, you know, if you chose to look at a blood covenant, you know, I would give you the scripture for that, that um, you could find covenants that were ratified by blood in Genesis 15, 1 through 10, and covenants that were ratified by seal, that were approved by seal, is um, an example would be Genesis 26, 28 through 31. So um, keep those in mind as well. So your biblical perspective, you know, elements of a covenant, you have a promise, there should be terms or a term, and then there should be somewhere, somehow, it should have, it should have been ratified. And if not ratified just by saying, oh, this person said, oh, by blood, no, sometimes you have to read and you have to really understand, oh, well, just by the approval of such, of this individual, was it ratified? So promise, terms, ratification. That's what you're typically looking for, okay? So first covenant, and this is really where you need your Bibles, uh, the first one of the first major covenants of the Bible is the Edenic covenant. And I'll tell you that um, in my research, I found that there were about six to seven major covenants. Now, all throughout the Bible, the Bible is a covenant within itself. But all throughout the Bible, I mean, there were covenants left and right, back and forth. I mean, you name it, everyone was making covenants. And it was just like you would have to really know that a covenant was being made just by their conversation. But there were like six to seven um, major covenants. And the first covenant that we're going to go through is the Edenic covenant. Um, and that covenant is the agreement between God and man. Okay. So man being Adam. So Edenic covenant, the agreement between God and man. So Patrick, I'm not going to ask you, um, I know it was a lot that I just talked about, but we learned about covenant. We learned about what a covenant is. It's a promise. It's an agreement, right? You learned about the etymology of a covenant and um, then the elements of a covenant. Do you remember the elements of a covenant? The three elements, just major main elements of a covenant. You can be honest with, <laughs> you can be totally honest with the podcast community, <laughs> whether you remember it or not. It's amazing, guys, how I could sit right here in front of him and it totally... <laughs> I don't even know if he remembers. I know I said a lot, and I'll be—I'll say I yeah, said I was a lot. Write it down, but I didn't know you were going to revisit it. 
oh, I told you you guys are going to get to work. So I really want you so guys I to listen. Notepads. Example. Guys, example number Give one. Give me the first one. Okay, I'm going to repeat the elements of a covenant. The elements of a covenant are promise, terms, Three. term or terms. I remember that. And the last element would be a ratification, which is the approval. You know, most of the time, covenants were approved, right? Okay, so I'm going to say it one, one more again. <laughs> because <laughs> I love having students. I got to tell you. So the three elements of a covenant, biblical perspective, right? Which is disjunctive. Before I ask, before I say that again, do you remember what disjunctive is for the community to disjunctive? No? Okay, fine. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. Okay, let me pause right here. Let me just put a little pin. These classes and sessions and series that I have, I my intention is not to set it up like a classroom with a blackboard or a whiteboard. I like I understand that everybody learns differently. I am a visual learner. Um, I'm visual. I learn by repetition and visual. I understand that some people are auditory learners. Some people learn by drawing. And so I want you in your space, seriously, in your space, however you learn, that is how I want you to learn. I do not want you to try to learn auditorily if that's not how you learn. This is like the very, I want you to think of like, uh, like a round table discussion because this is what we're having. We're having a discussion and we're sitting around learning it, whether you want to dim your light, whether you want to have um, music in the background playing, maybe you want to have some, some feng shui music. I don't know. It's totally up to you. But this learn, this teaching that I'm doing is not taught one way. It's going to be taught however you learn. Okay. So I meant to say that in the very beginning, this, no, this is not a classroom setting. And some people love classrooms. So if you have a whiteboard or if you have um those um, um easel sticky wallpaper notes, I have some in the house. By all means, please use them because this is this is intended for you to learn, not intended for me to beat you in the head with education. That's not what this is. So going back now, I just I have to say that to get that, you know, make it clear. Disjunctive is anything that lacks connection, right? It's a mutually exclusive um, points or points or precepts that are mutually exclusive. They don't one does not have to be because of the other. You can have one thing and it not mean that you have to have the other point to, to make that connection. Okay. So the, you know, so that's, it's disjunctive. Whereas how the elements of a covenant here will be. Um, so the elements of a covenant are Mr. Love. What are the three elements of a covenant? You you going to repeat it again before okay. You got into Promise, term and ratification. Promise, term, and ratification. Okay, so, um, thank you very much, <laughs> guys. For I just, and this is why I want you. This is why I want you to know that this is the type of series and sessions we're gonna. We're gonna laugh. We're gonna. We're gonna probably get angry at one another. We're going to be impatient, but that's okay because we're gonna learn it together. Okay, so, um, when I want you what I want you to do right now is I uh, want you to go into your Bibles, everyone, if you would, if you would. And the Edenic Covenant is in Genesis 1, starts at least Genesis 1, um, verses 26 through 30. And 
all I'm asking for, guys, I have a question from Mr. Love. Edenic, please. Okay, Edenic is E-D-E-N-I-C. Edenic. Okay, so what I want you guys to do is I'm going to give you about maybe, I'll give you about a minute. Um, well, let's just say... Yeah, about a minute, minute, minute and a half. I'll put my timer on. And I want you to read Genesis 1, you know, not a minute and a half, one minute. Genesis 1, 26 to 30. And I want you to please list out for me what you believe was the covenant within the verses. Chapter 1, 26 to 30. Can, if you can pull out what the promises or what the covenant was from God to man at that time. Um, well, so I'll give you a minute. It's, let me see. It's 124. And I'll um, be quiet for a second and <clears throat> give you a chance to read it and then notate what were those promises? What was the covenant? Okay, I'm sorry. It's just turned to 125. Now the minute starts. I'll, I'll uh, get back on at 126. Okay, time's up. It's 126. And um, so I'm going to ask Patrick if you would. Um, it should be about eight, seven to eight different or promises or I'm going to, I want to use the word covenant, but um, seven to eight different promises that were mentioned between 26 and, you know, chapter one, Genesis chapter one, 26 to 30. Can you tell me what promises, you know, what you read, what would you say were the promises from God to, to man or the, within the Edenic covenant? And before you answer, I'm so sorry, guys, I apologize. Before you answer, I want you to go back and think about what covenant was. Covenant is an agreement. Um, it's, um, a promise. It can be, you know, I'm just trying to bring that back to you, right? It's a statement that one will or will not do something. There's a harmony of purpose. For one, the first thing I would say is that he would make man in his own image. That's the first one. You would say that that was a, that was a, that is a statement of covenant. I'm going to make him in my image and then I'm going to give him. Uh, dominion. Okay. I'm going to give you dominion over the. This is what I said. I'm going to give you dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, 
and over the earth and over every creeping thing. And then to go down to 28 and he says that uh, he gives them a command to be fruitful and multiply and to do it and have dominion over it. And he repeats that again. And then he says to them, I will give you, or I've already given you, uh, the herb bearing seed, which is upon the earth. And uh, I guess a lot of it was commanding, was actually commanded. Uh, this is what you're going to do. I, mean, I guess that's the way I, the way I take it. Um, I don't know, maybe I may be missing something. So, but I, I do see that that he uh, here here's what I'm going to give you, and I'm going to provide this for you. You take dominion over it, and I'll provide. Blah. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's good, actually. Um, what I found, I find interesting that you said that part of the covenant covenant was let us make mankind in our own image. You said that you would have called that a covenant. I would have called that a covenant because uh, this is what uh, this is what we're getting ready to do. And I mean, you have to get a little deeper into it if you really go with that one. But um, here I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you as my own. I'm going to make you like I am. Okay. I'm going to give you, in other words, we, I'm going to make you in my likeness and I'm going to make you in my image. And this gives you the um, the right, so to speak, to have dominion over what I'm about to give you, to have dominion over. Okay. Well, it you know, what's funny, guys, is that I, you know, when I read that and I was going through, I would not have used that. I, I didn't call that or I didn't look at that as covenant because I was, I was looking at more as, you know, God at that moment, really speaking to, um, you know, speaking, like he said, let us make mankind in our own image. And so I didn't look at that as covenant, but the more Patrick started to speak about it. And this is the fun part about it. This is why I love the Bible. It's why I love God. Um, in actuality, it is, uh, <laughs> It is covenant because and we're going to go back to the, we're going to go back to not so much the, the covenant meaning the, the, the definition of covenant. I'm going to go back to the etymology of a covenant. I'm going to look at where it says the meaning of covenant convenir in Latin is to come together, to unite, to be suitable, to agree. One thing that I found so interesting is that, and you'll see this in the Noahic covenant, but we're not going to talk about the Noahic covenant today. Um, and I apologize, but we won't. But what I find so interesting is that you can, God made covenants within himself. He made agreements. He made declarations. He made, he said, he spoke something and he was saying, I, you know, let us make man. So I am agreeing to this. That's a covenant. <laughs> That's really a covenant. You know, even when you look at the Hebrew translation, it's a solemn and a binding agreement between two or more parties. Now, I'm not trying to get into the spirit, you know, like to the going away from covenant. But here in 26, it says, let us and us being, as the Bible says it, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man kind in our own image. So this and this is why I like to have 
you know, I'm, I'm, I love this. I love the discussion piece of it. I love the part as you learn together because it is, it's a solemn, it's a, 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 an assurance. It's an earnest and binding obligatory agreement between God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind in our own image. So in actuality, that is a covenant. It may not, you may think of it like, well, I still don't see it. I'm, you know, I'm gonna let it kind of marinate a little bit, but really reading the word covenant, really understanding the etymology of it, really understanding what it says. It's a unity. It's a coming together. It's agreeing. Absolutely. That is a covenant. And, and, and I know that I jumped a little bit just to Genesis 1, 26 to 30, but just so you guys know, just so you know what happened prior to that in Genesis 1, what do we know? We know that. And if you don't know, I'm, I may be speaking to people that don't know, that have never read the Bible. But before this even came about, God was busy creating the earth, the world. He was, you know, separating the heavens from the earth. He, um, you know, made the sun. He made the moon. He made all the creatures that are walking around. He, you know, he was busy for six days creating. What a creative God he is. And on the sixth day is when he made that that statement about let us make mankind in our own image here comes now you know mankind to the earth after everything was created the sun the moon the stars the rivers all that was going on for six days and 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 on the sixth day that's when I you know we bring um mankind into the picture and herein lies now these promises herein lies these these um this agreement that we're going to make mankind in our image. So very, thank you very, very much, Patrick, for that insight, because it's not something that I saw, um, you know, but I love that because it is covenant and you are right. And the other things that you did mention that one of the promises was be fruitful and multiply. Um, he also said to uh, the God also covenanted to have complete authority over the fish of the sea, to have complete authority over the birds of the air, to have complete authority over the beasts. Um, to have complete authority over all the earth. And I underlined all the earth because I thought that was so like, wow, you know, giving them dominion to have complete authority over everything that creeps upon the earth to subdue the earth and subdue meaning to overcome it, to conquer it, to bring it under control. So Adam had that type of dominion. He really did have, he had, he had that based on what God agreed to him having, um, and to have the plant yielding seed, every tree with seed in its fruit and every green plant for food. So that in lies in an addition to um, let us making mankind in our own image, which, you know, like Patrick mentioned, you know, giving them that dominion, um, giving Adam, excuse me, that dominion to have that because he was made in, in God's image. So um, those are a lot of promises. You know, that's a lot that he gave to Adam, right? Like that's a lot. So, okay, so that's the promises, you know, going through and again, just going through what is covenant and reading over those promises. I really wanted to sink in and I, the, you know, I want you to get it. So you've got the promises and now the term or terms, whatever the term or terms were. Um, and thank you again, Patrick. That was really good. Um, what was the term itself that God stated to Adam about having all of this I'm giving you all of this but was there a but was there an exception was there something that he had to um that that he had that he couldn't do so if you can turn to Genesis 2 verses 15 through 17 I'd like you to read that and let me and tell me if there was a term that God mentioned 
within the promises that he gave to Adam. And I'll give you guys a minute. It's 135. I'll be back at 136. I want you to read. Oh, sorry, guys. One, once more, Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17. Read that real quick. And and um, it's actually now 136. So I'll be back at 137. And let me know if you see anything that, that looks like a term to you. A condition. Okay, it's 137. So, I know that was pretty quick. Um, I, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin right there with the terms. I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) I learned and, and I did learn that at least in the beginning of the Bible, the Bible was not written chronologically. At least... Right. So as we have it and in the way that we read it, we are chronological thinkers and readers and we read from from left to right. Um, In this sense, hold on to the terms. And the reason why is because the ratification of the promises came prior to the terms. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) That's God, <laughs> right? Like you can't tell God how to speak and how to think and how to move and breathe. But so I'm going to scratch that real quick. I'm, and I want you to read, please forgive me. I want you to read the ratification piece first and and tell me how it was, this, these promises were ratified. And then we'll we'll talk back about the terms. And then we're after this, we're going to be done because there's so much in this. And there's, okay, guys, I'm sorry. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to jump back before terms. Um, we're going to go to Genesis 131 and and um, I'll just give you a few seconds. There's only one verse, Genesis 131, and just speak to how did God ratify the covenant that he made, you know, with or to Adam? Um, how did he ratify that? How did he approve it? Patrick, have you finished reading he, it? He approved it by checkmarking it as good. Say that again? He checkmarked it as good. He said it was good. It was very good. Um, it worked. All right. You know. So not so there was no blood in there, there was no sacrifice, there was nothing. It was just he said it was it good. Was good. I didn't see any sacrifice. I apologize. I'm sorry? I didn't see any sacrifice right there in 31. I didn't. 
No, and there isn't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so there was no sacrifice. There was no blood covenant. Mm-hmm. It really was just the fact that he said it was good. And he, and he, <laughs> I was to say, I mean, in my Bible, it says, and God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And he approved it completely. And that's all it took. He approved it completely. It was done. Everything that I made, everything that I saw, everything that I said, he approved it. Thus is so complete. And that's all it took. It didn't take, in this situation, it didn't take (laughs) an act of Congress. It didn't take, it didn't take 5 million people. It didn't take other opinions. God said it. He loved it. He approved it. And that was done. All those promises, everything that he told Adam, everything that he said that he, you know, he's giving him, all of it was awesome. That was it. So now that we've gotten the promises out the way, we got the ratification out of the way. Now we can jump to Genesis 2 and 15 through 17. And you know, I'll say this. It's so funny how we read left to right, how we are so chronological in our nature. Most of us. I mean, I have... I mean, I, I know there's times that I'm like totally not chronological and I just do everything under the sun in different order. And then I learn later that it, I'm incomplete because I, I don't know that I finished out what I was supposed to do in the beginning. And so that's why that whole crazy feel about what we do and when we do it out of order. But it's funny how we can read the Bible and we think that it's chronological, at least in the beginning, and it's not. And so then you end up with a term that's later given like this one, but doesn't make it wrong at all. It just makes it like not chronological. So for those of you type A'ers on the call or on this podcast, if you're a type A, I totally do not want you to be anxious about it. I do not want you going having an anxiety attack because I do realize that it can send people mentally out of out of sync. This is God. This is how the beauty of God himself. I just want you to just let it flow. So two fifteen through 17, what though promises and it was ratified, were there any terms? And if they were, what was that term? I'm giving you, it's 145. I'm going to give you to like 146. And that was a very quick 146. All right. So. Um, a couple more seconds, maybe 30 more seconds. You're on again, Patrick Love. Um, what, if there were any, was there a term that God gave to Adam with regard to the promises that he gave him in Genesis 1 and the ratification? Did he provide him a condition to those promises? And if, if he did, what was the condition? Well, he gave him dominion, as we spoke of in chapter 1. Okay. And then he gave him this command right here that said, um, you can eat off of any tree except for one. And that's uh, the tree that dwelt in the midst of the garden. It was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of that. For in that day thou should eat it of it, then you should surely die, which was another promise. Okay, 
So the term being, thank you very much, the term being if you eat, you can eat freely of every tree of every garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In my Bible, it says blessing and calamity. So the, the way my Bible reads, it says the tree of knowledge of good and evil, blessing and calamity. Okay, so that was the term. Eat of every tree, no problem, but do not eat of this one tree. I've given you everything under the sun. I have promised to give you dominion over, you know, creeping things over the, you know, you have food to eat from the plants. You have, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to be fruitful and multiply. You're going to um, have authority over beasts, birds of the air, over all of the earth, over everything that creeps. And I, and I, and, and, and not only that, I'm approving it because I absolutely, I think it's very good and I approve it completely. That is me to you, Adam. That's it. However, just don't eat from this one particular tree. That was a term. Now, if in the day you do that, then you shall surely die. And then you have like, um, doom, <laughs> like that music. It's like, okay, like doomsday. So I know that's going to kind of suck. And I'm sorry, I'm saying the word suck. It's going to stink, but we're going to stop here because... Um, that last part of in the, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That's part of the covenant. That is part, that is unfortunately a promise, right? It's, it's an agreement. It is something that God stated and he agreed to it. Um, he gave him everything. He promised him things that he absolutely did not go back and renege on. He ratified that. But he also provided one term, just one term. And then even in that term, there was yet another promise that he had, he would have had to act upon if Adam breached the covenant, which is why we're not going to go any further because then it would get into the breach part. And I don't really want to speak about breach today. So I just want you to sit with this information. I want you to go through again, going through covenant. What is a covenant? When you speak, are you making a covenant? When you write, are you making a covenant? When someone speaks to you and tells you something, are they making a covenant? Go through the definition of covenant again, and then go through chapters one, chapter one of Genesis up until chapter two, 15 through 17. And you can read further if you want to, to really kind of get into the mindset of you know, why a covenant is so incredibly important because a covenant is life speaking, giving words. It's not just something to say. It's something that really does live and, and it breathes and it it's it's life. So when you speak, what are you speaking? Be careful what you say. Be careful what you allow somebody to say to you unless you, because at that point they're binding themselves, Right. And one point that I want to make, I think it's so awesome that God wanted to, if you think about it, he, he wanted to bind. It's like he, he bound himself to these promises freely and willing, you know, very freely. He very willingly, no one told God what to say. I mean, he's God. Nobody told him to give. He's God. He chose to make these promises. He chose to bind himself. He chose to make a solemn agreement. He chose to unite with what he made. He chose to 
you know, agree. He chose all of those definitions in the words that I gave you, the etymology of a covenant. He chose to do that. He didn't have to. And his words are life-giving words. So when you're speaking, certainly that doesn't mean what you say doesn't have any life to it. It absolutely does. So I'm gonna let you sit with this. I'm gonna let you like mull over it and come up with questions if you have any questions because it's really gonna mean so much and it's gonna have such, it's gonna play such a big part when we do move over to um the federal um federal law section and we start talking about contracts. You're gonna see that foundationally speaking, you cannot have a contract without having a covenant. You can't speak of having an American legal system without the foundation of how these things were created. And a lot of times, even in law school, I would find that it was it was such a big deal to separate, you know, God from the law or, you know, church from state, as you know, we hear it said all the time and speaking constitutionally. But the irony is without, without God, without the church, I say church, but I'm just using that as a term, without God, guys, you cannot, we cannot, we wouldn't have laws. We would not have laws set in this country. So though you may think of separating the two, there is no separation. No, it, it, it doesn't even exist. And, and honestly speaking, without the law of God, you would not have the law of this country and you would not have the law of the state within the United States of America. So, you know, dwell on those beautiful words that I just spoke because I'm, I'm and, and I mean them, dwell on that and really, really let it sink in, you know, all the things that you've thought, all the things that you've thought of earlier and, and think about it doesn't, the facts are the facts. You'll see covenants show back up again in your own legal system, in your own, not only state legal and local laws, your federal laws. God is everywhere. God is supreme. And that's the part that I'm hoping that you see throughout this throughout this course. Um, so anyhow, love and peace. Ciao for now. And I will, I guess, speak to you in the next few days. And we'll come back and we'll, you know, learn a little bit more about the breach of a covenant and what that means. Good day.